Trash Can presents Backwoods Bachelor. Last week on Backwoods Bachelor, Cletus narrowed it down from 20 girls to 15 girls. With Charlotte winning the tractor race, she is now in vying for first position. Let's take a look. I'm going to take her on a steak dinner date to the buffet. You know, they got that for the $9.99, so we're going there this weekend. And uh, I don't want y'all fighting about it now. Listen here, darling, I tell you something. You better not be going and thinking that you're his number one just because you want some stupid tractor race. He gonna come home with me and that trucking company, that's all mine. You better take your little grubby hands off of it. Well, sister, I don't know who the heck you think you are. <coughs> I tell you something. I, listen, that's my man. He, If anybody gonna have me smoke eight barbers a day, it's gonna be with him. Well, Cletus, you have five buckets of KFC to give to the first five girls that you feel like should get a secure spot for next week. These five girls will not have to compete in the challenge this week. Who are you giving your five buckets of KFC to? Oh my, it's a hard decision because I tell you what, uh, half of it is, I just, you know, I'm looking at this chicken going, I hope there's more in the back because I, I really want some for myself. I really don't want to be giving out of this chicken away, but I tell you what, you, 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 and uh, Darla, I guess, and then uh, Charlene, because she's, uh, uh, oh man, alright, yeah, you come up here and get this chicken. See which five girls make it to the next round on Backwoods Bachelor. Who's gonna get married to me? Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Well, we're back for another wonderful week, man. We are rolling right along. We are almost into September. Praise the Lord. That means fall is right around the corner. A little bit of a confession, man. People have been drinking pumpkin spice lattes. That's already been rolling out. My wife came home with a bag of those. uh, They're almost like candy corn, but those pumpkins, those candy pumpkins. And I was like, what are you doing? It's August. And it's Texas, so it's still over 100 degrees outside, so it's it's not fall by any stretch of the imagination. I'll just let you know that right now. It's still a scorcher down here. Yes, it is. Well, we hope that everyone is doing well. We're so excited for you guys to be here with us, and uh, we got a great episode. But before that, we want to thank our listeners from all around the country. Where do we got some good listeners? We're going to start in the Midwest, because I always start on the East Coast, West Coast, or South, whatever. So... We're going to talk about South Dakota, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri. Listen, we've we've also got, so I will kick it out to the West Coast. You know, we've got um, California, Oregon, Washington, which are all great, New Mexico, Texas, and then even down further south, you go all the way to the other corner. We got Florida, Georgia, up into Mississippi, all the way, I mean, all the way up into the Northeast, too. I'm telling you, we got it all over the place. What about internationally, Chris? We can't forget our friends in Canada. We also can't forget our friends in the UK. Uh, Brussels, Belgium, Frankfurt, Germany, uh, and Ireland, England. We love all of you guys as well as our people in the Middle East. And also our people in Australia. We appreciate you guys. Really sorry for your horrible impressions of your accent, but hey, it's fun. Exactly. We got a great episode for you guys today, and we're going to kick it off with the old-fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that Mike and I used to work 
at the Boot Corral, and we have great stories. We worked there. We only worked there, at least I only worked there for like a year and a half, but we met so many interesting characters, and so today we're going to do some more Boot Corral Part 8, I think. I think we're on Part 8 of it. We, we've just been making it all the way through. We're just uh, doing the expose on almost everybody. So, you know, let's start off with a former manager of ours, and we're going to call him. What would you like to call him? We'll call him Brian. That's what we'll call him. Brian. Okay, Brian the manager. And uh, he was kind of the, how do I put this? There was the main general manager, then there was three assistant managers. He was kind of the low man on the totem pole, mainly because he was an idiot. You want? But, you know what I call him? You know what John Tapper calls these people? A stupervisor. <laughs> because, <he's, laughs> yeah. because he was dumb. And he was just a supervisor. He really wasn't a manager. He was just there to make sure that the store didn't burn down. He was a dumb dumb. I mean, I remember there was a lot of times. Um, so actually, my f- first and only write-up that I ever got at the boot corral was because of him. Uh, actually, it was because of another guy that we had talked about before. I don't remember what we called him. But we'll, it was the guy with the yellow truck that worked in the back with us. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, San Angelo? Yeah, exactly. Anyways, um... He basically wrote us up because this guy had mistagged a bunch of jeans. Basically, you know, we were in the back putting all the price tags on. And he said, oh, no, I know how to put them on correctly. And you had to match them up to the styles. And I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Once you've done it for a while, you can eyeball it and say, okay, that's what this style is and that's what this style is. But he was brand new. So he just went to tagging. And so he tags all this stuff wrong. Well, we, I mean, this is over 100 pairs of jeans, so we had to pull all this off. And not to mention, this was, uh, it was, when he mistagged it, it was like 8.30 at night, and we closed at 9. And what they like to do is they like to count the till and be out by 9.15, right? Something like that. And so we had to stay till like 10, you know, and basically we got written up for uh, taking store hours, even though it was technically this guy's fault for putting this guy in charge of tagging. I don't know. What, what he was thinking. Yeah, I'll, the only thing I really remember about Brian, I almost said his real name. The only thing I remember about Brian is uh, I remember somebody said something. He was like, oh, yeah, well, my fiance calls me salchicha grande, which means big sausage in, uh, in Spanish. And I just remember thinking, like, what the heck? But here's the thing about Brian, right? Brian seemed like he was having a stable life. Seemed like things were kind of going his way. Had a fiance that seemed to be nice, right? But as we all know, in in retail stores and stuff, there is a lot of uh, workplace romances that are going on, and people are having a lot of affairs. Well, Brian was having an affair with one of the cashiers, and it really puzzled me because this cashier was like way out of his league, way out of his league. And I was like, you're choosing to have an affair with this guy? And, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was terrible. I didn't really understand. And eventually they got found out and, uh, his fiance broke up with him. Uh, old Brian there. Um, the other thing that I remember about old Brian is <clears throat> we, of course, this is when Chris and I both worked in the back doing the, uh, the stocking and the shelving and I'm like, good jazz, <clears throat> getting all the things in order. You would always cringe, and I still cringe sometimes when I hear the air brakes of an 18-wheeler, because when an 18-wheeler would pull out to the backside of that building, 
that means you got a big order coming, and you never knew when these things happened. Uh, the corporate office would just send it out there to us. And so we got, I don't even remember how much it was. It was like 120 boxes of jeans, and it was just jeans. And it was to stock up for the holiday season. And it was a massive pile. I mean, we had the, we had the whole stock room just full of boxes. And it was so high to where to get some of these boxes down, we had this big wooden stick, and we had to go and kind of lift it down and whatnot. Well, we couldn't get this top box. It could kind of fallen and gotten cockeyed. So O'Brien decides, give me that stick. Almost a hold my beer kind of moment. And he, you know, chucks this stick like a spear up, up into the, you know, up to this box. And you got to think, um... He also, this is the part that I'm leaving out, he also asked me to stand underneath it to catch the box when it comes down. And that was my idiot mistake for being like, yeah, sure. So, first, the stick comes and hits me in the face. Second, the entire pile of boxes came on top of me. You remember that? Yeah, I remember that. And it was also hard because there wasn't that much room in the back room. And whenever that truck would show up, it almost would be on a Friday. Like, right when you were done, and you were like, oh, yeah, we're done. And whenever that truck showed up, you were guaranteed to work the weekend. Uh, you could build a fort with the amount of boxes that came out of that truck. Uh, but, yeah, I remember that. I just remember being like, yeah, that probably wasn't the smartest move. And I was like, how did you become a supervisor? But What I, what I thought was great about that moment is he told me, um, right after I got walloped in the face and of course they lift all the boxes off of me. I remember Chris was super concerned, like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? And I was fine. Like it was, it was no big deal. Like I didn't even have any scratches or nothing. It was just more of a crazy experience to have an avalanche of boxes on top of you. And, uh, and he was just like, yeah, well, I hope you know, if you tell anybody you were already fired and he tried to do this whole like state law says that pretty much if it's your negligence, then you're fired on the spot, and because you were staying, he was trying to cover himself, but it was yeah. He he was not too bright, and then I think he either got fired or he quit. But then he tried to pretend that he was a sales rep for a boot company, and then whenever we were a very high caliber boot company that makes like really expensive boots. Like if you can get on as a rep for one of them, you know that's a that's a big deal. I'll just say that. Yeah, but then we then uh, that story got uncovered when we were at boot camp, and we were like, "Hey, is Brian working for you guys?" And they were like, "Who? Never heard Ooh. of." Him. <laughs> uh, one last story about Brian. I know we're yeah, we screw. We can spend as much time as we want on this. It's our show. So um, Brian shows up one time, and he's bragging about how he had won this rodeo at one point, bull riding in particular, and. Knowing Brian, he was, um, for lack of a better term, he was a BSer. You know, he he really would tell some tall tales, and uh, so we were like, yeah, sure. And so he goes, no, 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 I have the buckle to prove it. And we we're like, okay, we'll bring in the buckle so we can see it. So he brings in this buckle, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you something. There are buckles that you can buy at places like uh, the Boot Corral and things like that. They're nice. They're, you know, 100 125 bucks, and you can put an engraving on them and things like that. But real, true live events are customized, like really customized, different. They're not going to look like the ones you just picked up from the store, if that makes sense. And so 
He comes with like one that you could pick up from the store, and it looked like he engraved it. I mean, it was a bad engraving too. Like it wasn't even because um, the letter wrapping, if it it's kind of in that circular motion, you know, if if it makes sense, like a half circle, like a banner looking thing, and it looks like he took. Uh, a small rotary tool or something with a very fine end and tried to sketch it in there. But, I mean, the lettering was all off. And it was like, Champion. And it had his name on the bottom, but it didn't say what a what champion it was. A year, a location, anything like that. It just had, you know, the like the little bull rider emblem on there. And I remember we just, we called him on it. It was like, yeah. And he was just like, no, I won the event. We, we could never get him to tell us where it was. Or anything like that. Yep, that was Brian. Let's move on to our next person that we're going to share about. Okay, so next person's going to be, um, and I'm going to be brief on this person. Um, we're going to call him Jalen. And I don't know, this guy was a little interesting. He, how, how would you, how would you describe him? Just, I, like, I know you didn't really know him, but like, what were, how would you describe him? Um, imagine if a homeschooler kid who had never had any freedom before. A ho- no, no, no. A homeschooler that was raised by his grandparents, like, who never had freedom, entered into the real world, but when I say real world, like, working world, right? Like, didn't go to college. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, experimented with a few drugs, and here's where he's at in life now. Would you Would you say that's, that's where he is? All right. So, um, and there was this other person, and, you know, we don't really talk about her because she wasn't a... You know, didn't really do anything character-wise. I have a name for her, but we're not going to call her that. Uh, we'll call her Marilyn. All right, Marilyn, there you go. All right, so we all decide there's a lake outside of town, and it's about an hour drive, and we all decide, you know, it's Friday night. Let's go down to the lake and, you know, pack the cooler full of beer, go down to the lake, and have a good time. So it was me, Jalen, and Marilyn, and we took my truck, drove down there, and... Um, you know, had a few beers, had a good time. You know, I'm not going to lie, I like Marilyn, but I'll be honest, Jalen was, like, infatuated with her. And so we're out there fishing and whatnot, and, I mean, we're not catching anything, and, I mean, we're, we're like, late into the night. It's, like, 1 or 2 in the morning. And you got to think, this lake is in a canyon, and so it's extremely dark, and um, where the dock is, sometimes it's 50, 60 foot down. And so we're sitting on the dock just kind of talking, and this dude just starts stripping his clothes off. Just straight starts stripping his clothes off. And we're going, what in the heck are you doing? And he's like, you know, why don't y'all come with me and we're going to go skinny dipping? It's like, yeah, heck no, not going to do that in the, you know, dark canyon nasty water that is this place. And... So he proceeds to jump in, and I, you know, he had had quite a bit to drink, obviously, and you know, I, he dives in there, and it just terrified me because it's, like I said, it's pitch black water, you can't see him at all, and he goes down, and bubbles are coming up, but he's not coming up, and so I, there for a split second, you're sitting here going, man, I'm gonna have to dive in after him and try to find him, like what, you know, what's going on. Finally, he comes up. He's calling like, oh, you know, out. You need to come in here. You know. Meanwhile, Marilyn's just mortified because this dude was not a. He was a very dumb and nasty dude. Like he's not a. 
Like, I, I don't know. He, he wasn't a good-looking guy. At all. At all. So, um, shortly thereafter, she's like, yeah, I'm ready to go home. And I was like, yeah, I, I totally get you. So, we, we drove back. And I just remember they both fell asleep on me. And around, uh, like, about an hour out. And, man, it was a, such a hard drive. Um, the other dumb part before we move on from Jalen is there was this girl. And... I kid you not, this girl, um, we'll call her, uh, anyways, so he actually got her name tattooed on him, wasn't dating her or anything, do you remember that? No, I don't remember that at all. Literally, she signed her signature somewhere, he was trying to get with her, and she signed her signature somewhere, and he's like, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful, like, I'm gonna get that tattooed on me, and she thought it was a joke, and he literally took her to a tattoo parlor, had her do one of the little tattoo sheets with her signature and got it tattooed on his chest. That's wild, bro. Crazy, crazy. Dumb. He was, he was dumb. All right, we'll speed through the other. Yeah, two. just real quick, cause there's only a couple of stories. We can use, we can use uh Sam's name. I don't think he'll mind. So our our boy Sam, we gotta talk about him. Man, he was a he was a big swole dude. Um, super fun to be around. But no particular stories with him besides the fact that uh, he would do things like, you know, he would, like, fart in his cowboy hat and, like, you know, put it down by <laughs> by his back and fart in it. Then he would scoop it and put it in people's face. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty great. And then there was, like, some other things. He was a big wrestling fan, so he'd be trying wrestling moves on you and stuff. But he would hide. There was, like, this little cove area where the belts were. And you would kind of hide back there. And so he would wait till you're walking by there. And he would smack the mess out of your chest. <laughs> if he knew it was you, he would just smack the mess out of your chest. Um, he would always let you get them back, though, like at a certain point. But it was always it was always real fun. And then, yeah, he, he was just a fun dude, man. I, I enjoyed hanging out with him. He, he, made, he was one of those dudes that made work fun, you know. And he was actually like a real cowboy. Oh, yeah, he did a lot of that stuff. I mean... After he left, he went and ranched again for a while, so... But I know he got a lot of injuries doing some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's our boy Sam, so if you're listening, shout out. Alright, last one. We can probably use his name, too, because he gonna know we're talking about him. Because he, I know he's listening. Oh, yeah. He's a Donut Box OG. Yes, he is. And um, we know that shortly after posting this, he's probably listened to it. So, Mr. Zach... You know, all what I'm going to say is uh, our boy, Zach, we used to work in the back together and uh, super hard worker. He's from uh, he's from this little little town. We used to give him grief about that. But I'll tell you this much. This man, we used to love some Genghis Grill. I don't know what it was about Genghis Grill. Like I, to me, it was pretty good. It was OK. But this man was like, we're going to go to Genghis Grill. I think we went for a week straight one time. And it was after we got back from a boot camp, too. Because we would always go to Genghis Grill on a boot camp, I feel like. And so I think he went and he was like, this place is great. Found out there was one there in town. So, man, we just tore that place up. The waitresses knew, knew us by name. And I think they got a little annoyed at us uh, coming in so often. But, hey, it was uh, it was real fun. That place closed down now. so Yes, it did. Yes, it did. But yeah, he's a cool dude, so we know you're listening. Shout out to you, my friend. Hope you're doing well out there. But yeah, man, that's part eight. Good stuff, pal. Great stuff. 
See, we could we could talk about that forever. I'm just sitting over here like, dang, we already had 20, 20 minutes. That felt like nothing. Yes, sir. Yep, it's good. So uh, I think we're going to segue into our next segment, which is the Jelly Donut. And that's our jail report. This jelly donut, it's all about crooked cops. All about cops that got arrested for doing bad stuff. I've been watching this show called Betraying the Badge, and it's all about dirty cops. And so I think it'd be interesting to see uh, it from the other side of the tracks, right? Not all cops are dirty, but, you know, there's a couple bad apples. On the wrong side of the badge. This one, uh, these two guys, they, in the 80s and 90s, they actually worked for the mafia as hitmen. For the mob uh and this was in new york and these two officers uh steven and lewis they committed at least eight murders for the lucchese crime family accepting three hundred and seventy-five thousand to leak information and to take out mob enemies so they actually worked for the nypd's organized crime homicide unit in brooklyn so which is actually kind of funny because they were doing the opposite of what their job uh entailed but Apparently, uh, Lewis was related to several prominent crime family members, but he never mentioned it on his application. So while working for the Lucchese family's boss, uh, Anthony, uh, both of them tracked down and murdered prominent members of rival families. But their spree wasn't limited to just mobsters. They also killed a diamond dealer, a painter's union leader, and a man suspected of leaking mob secrets to law enforcement. But here's where they got caught. In the mid-90s, they made a mistake uh, when Stephen was asked to hunt down one of uh, Anthony's enemies, a man named Nicholas Guido, and he pulled the address of a different innocent Nicholas Guido, and he killed the wrong Nicholas Guido. Uh, then wrong in, Guido. Yep. In the mid-90s, massive crackdowns led to arrests in every major New York crime family, and these guys moved to Las Vegas cl claiming to have retired from mob activity while actually dealing drugs and unsuccessfully playing the murders of former mobsters to protect their past. Apparently, in the end, though, um, Anthony, the crime family boss, he snitched on both the cops, and uh, that's how they got caught. It's pretty crazy, but I will say this. Um, it doesn't surprise me, you know. There's got to be a way that these these families keep operating and that's to keep uh people in law enforcement yep. you gotta keep them in your pocket all right uh this next one this got this guy is called uh his name is rafael perez and he's the dirty cop who stole eight hundred thousand dollars worth of cocaine and he's actually the inspiration for the movie training day so denzel washington uh and the writers modeled this character after after this guy so in 1995, Rafael Perez quickly earned a reputation for being an aggressive officer who kept his ear to the ground as a member of LAPD's Crash, which is Community Resources Against Street Hoodlums. He was it was an anti-gang task force. Man, you gotta love the dang acronyms. I I don't know. So he, he was working primarily at night with minimal supervision, and he had absolute power and authority. And apparently, him and his partner actually shot and framed an unarmed 19-year-old gang member. Uh, named Javier, uh, that left him paralyzed from the waist down. So do you remember in the movie the Snoop Dogg character that uh, that was in the wheelchair? Well, that's who that guy is based off of, right? Oh, so okay. uh, there was also rumors that the LAPD were working with Death Row Records, who was uh, owned by Suge Knight. Um, so 
yeah, apparently they thought that there was security. Um, apparently, Perez stole six pounds of cocaine from an evidence room on March 27th in 98. Detectives' attention turned on him. In May of that year, the LAPD created an internal investigation that was focused on prosecuting Perez. The task force investigators arrested Perez on August 25th, 1998, and the first thing Perez said was, is this about the bank robbery? Apparently, there was a bank robbery that happened earlier that year where three men stole $722,000 from the Los Angeles branch of America, of Bank of America, and so they found that he was guilty of it. So, yeah, man, that's, that's where that character comes from, from inspiration from Training Day. Getting a bunch of side money, apparently. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I actually like that movie, and I'm like, even though Denzel Washington is like a bad guy in that movie, I really like his performance in it. But I think it's a good movie. It's one of my favorites. Listen, Denzel's a great actor. Did you know they're making the Equalizer three? I think that's going to be his final one, and then uh, not his final movie, but his final Equalizer. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see him in I'll that. Tell you what, yeah, we're on a Denzel thing, but I think Book of Eli was really, really good too. That was a good movie. Very good. All right, I will save the other stories for next time. But yeah, Crooked Cops, man, it's always crazy when you hear those stories. It's interesting to hear, right? Oh, heck yeah. Because um, you always, you know, I always hear about cops arresting people. But you know they'd be doing bad, so it's always nice to hear a little bit of justice coming at you. Uh, but yeah, man, you ready to move on to the next segment? Yeah, man, and I think you're going to like this because we are doing an office trivia part two. And I made the questions even harder. Oh, man, let's do this thing. For those of y'all that have not listened to that episode, Michael went 10 for 10 on the office trivia, and so I decided this time I'm going to beef up the questions and see if I can get him to not get one. Man, this is going to be interesting. All right, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, question number one. What did Kelly give out at her America's Got Talent watch party as gifts? A, sweaters, B, coffee mugs, C, iPods, or D, mini TVs? Uh, B, coffee mugs with people's faces on it. That is absolutely correct. There you go. All right, next one. Who got banned for life from Chili's? A, Todd Packer, B, Meredith, C, Michael Scott, or D, Pam? D, Pam. She had too much good time at the Dundies. Dang, I thought I was going to st stump you with that one. All right. Let's see if this heats up. Number three, which Harry Potter book did Dwight say he would bring on a deserted island? A, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. B, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. C, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Or D, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. So he changed his answer, but I'm pretty sure it was C, Azkaban, because he started off with Sorcerer's Stone, then he said Azkaban. Yep, that is exactly right. Bad. I don't know how much harder I can make this, or you're just <laughs> a. Right. You, I've seen you it should, too uh, much, apparently. You should go to those office trivia nights, man. Like, it, I think you would win some money for sure. Is that a thing? That's a, like a, a legit thing. Can you win money? Uh, yeah, I think you can win money if you win it all the way. All right, number four. What is Dwight's all-time favorite movie? A. Schindler's List. B. Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. See the Crow or D Lord of the Rings? Uh, see the Crow. Dang, man. I didn't think you would get that one. All right. Number five. What does Dwight say is the scariest animal? A, a lemur, 
be a jellyfish, sea praying mantis, or dia sloth? Oh man, I actually don't know this one, I don't think. I'm gonna say dia sloth, but I think that's wrong. That's false. It's actually a box jellyfish that he said was the scariest animal. So I did get one wrong. You, you got me on one of them here. Yep. I don't know if you'll get this next one, though. This one is kind of... I think it's in season seven, so I'm not sure. In one of the episodes, the cast... Or, sorry, the cast of The Office shows up to Andy's performance in a musical. Which musical oh, yeah, no, no, no. did Andy star in? A, Sweeney Todd. B, Grease. C, Sound of Music, or D, Cats? It's uh, Sweeney Todd. It is Sweeney Todd. Good job. I didn't think yeah, you'd get that Michael, Because Michael didn't get a part. Set number seven. What is not one of the impressions that Michael Scott does in the Office series? What is not one of the impressions that he does? A, Chris Rock. B, Michael Jackson. C, Eddie Murphy. Or D, uh, Richard Pryor. It's got to be Eddie Murphy because he did Richard Pryor, I'm pretty sure. It's actually Richard Pryor. He did do Eddie Murphy. Because he'd be like, Shrek, I'm a donkey, Shrek. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because I, I definitely know he did uh, He definitely did the Chris routine. We definitely know that. I actually watched that episode last week. It was kind of funny. Diversity date. That's one of my favorites. I actually like the Dundies one, too. I think that one's one of my favorite. Like, the first Dundies. Which, which uh, the first Dundies? Uh, the, one that, the one that Pam gets really drunk at? What is Dwight's favorite TV show? A, 24, B, Battlestar Galactica, C, Heroes, or D, Stargate Enterprise? Battlestar Galactica. Yes, sir. Which I've never, I, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. When Michael goes to New York to interview for the corporate job, which celebrity does he see, does he not see that walks by? Okay, do you understand the question? I can, I can tell you before you ask the- Who is it? Conan O'Brien. Yes, sir. Okay. He thought he saw Tina Fey. <laughs> he thought he did. That was going to be one of the choices on there. All right. Number 10. In what subject is Meredith's PhD? A, school psychology, B, physics, C, family studies, or D, teaching? It was physics, right? Nope. It's school psychology. And that's ironic because her son's terrible. Yep. Exactly. Well, that was pretty good. You only got two wrong, man. You really do know your office stuff. I mean, those two are like very bizarre. Well, and I think we found out about Meredith's PhD like in the later seasons, right? Because I'll be honest, I'm really good office stuff, but up until about Michael leaves in a little bit after that, uh, yeah, we won't talk about that. That's a whole thing. It's not what fries my donuts. That's next, but it's not about the office. Well, that's a great segue into what fries my donuts. So, Michael, what fries your donuts? All people trying to impose their will, even though you tell them straight up, here's what I want to do. Here's And listen, I've already said this a few times, I'm pretty sure. I probably have gone on this rant before. But this time, I'm just going to let you know. It is okay for people to not want to celebrate holidays or personal holidays or things like that. It is okay for that. Or birthdays. People, or birthdays. That's what I mean by personal holidays. We'll just we'll just bust into this thing, right? So I'll be honest. I had a birthday not too long ago. Some years are okay. And what I mean by that, some years are like, yeah, I want to celebrate, do something nice. This was one of those years to where, I don't know, it's busy. There's a lot going on. I, I just really didn't want to do anything. It's just another day of the week. Don't feel anything special. So let's just, you know, 
great, let's move on, right? Oh, man. When you tell people that, it's like you get the opposite effect. I, I kid you not, I had people coming out the woodwork, oh, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. I intentionally did not tell my office, right? Like, everybody at work didn't tell them nothing, and I had to go up there. And wouldn't you know it, man, somebody saw that it was going to be it on the calendar, and it's like, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell us we were going to have a party? Then when you tell them, like, hey, it's not that big of a deal. I just didn't want it to be a big deal. You know, I just, it's just another day of the week, man. They're just like, that's so sad. That's so sad. And then all of a sudden, it's like, next thing you know, it's like, he's depressed. It's something's wrong with him. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, what I'm telling you is, some days, some years, yeah, go all out. But, you know, this year, it was a Friday where I'm turning a new age. It wasn't a big of a deal. Like, I, I don't know. And it's just... A lot of times it's tradition for tradition's sake. And I'm not going to go after Christmas. Well, kind of. But that's part of what I don't like about Christmas. Christmas has become such a corporate holiday. It's really not what it's supposed to be about. Like, say, right now, most people, if I say, you know, my family's not exchanging gifts for Christmas, everybody's like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. That's it's like, Man, you don't necessarily have to do that. Now, it's very nice to do that. But people get so bent out of shape when it's not that perfect mold of what it's supposed to be in their mind. And, you know, especially like a birthday, it's supposed to be this big thing. For me, birthdays aren't that big of a deal. You know, the people in my life, I'll be 100% honest with you, the people in my life that give me, you know, the best, uh, that I have the best relationships with, I guess is the best way I can put it. They celebrate me 365 days a year, not just one day of the year, you know. Uh, one of the best things I ever did was I took my birthday off of Facebook, right, because it really shows how many people really do know, and the thing is, it doesn't really matter. When it comes really down to it, most people don't know it's your birthday. Most people don't know, and that's okay. And for me, that's how, where I was at this year was just like, listen... I want it to be low-key. I don't want anything to happen. But uh, to get back to what fries my donuts, you know, I was taken to a dinner where I was promised. Because, like, I told everybody, listen, I don't want any, like, party. I don't want a celebration. I, you know, if we're going to go to dinner, you know, it's that we made it through the work week. Let's just celebrate the fact that we made it through the work week. And, you know, that's about it. Boy, birthday, 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 birthday. What, man? You know, let's give you your gifts. Let's do this. It's like, man, what I tell y'all? What I tell y'all? I don't know. That really, that really fires me up because it's, it's like it's a very simple ask. I totally get it, man. Because it's like you asked me what I want for my birthday, and I told you I don't want it to be a big deal. That's what I want. Or when people, when people are like, how can you go to the movies by yourself? How can you go to dinner by yourself? That's so sad. That's so depressing. And you're like, not really. Not for me. Maybe that's depressing for you. Maybe it's depressing for you to not be I'm celebrated on it, your man. birthday. But it's like, for me, totally cool with it, man. Totally cool with it. But that's the thing. People are like, they want... It's like they're almost living vicariously for, through you. It's like they want what they want. They don't really care about what you want. And it's like, when you tell them what you want, they're like, no, you don't want that. You But I just told you what I want. I don't get... I don't get it. And, you know, they try to make it out. Like, a lot of what made it out is just like, listen, you don't know 
and this is for your own good that we're going to do this. And it's like, well, is it really for my own good, or is it just making me mad at you? <laughs> I mean... What it really is, what it really boils down to, is it's about them because they want to make themselves feel better because they feel like if they don't do something for your birthday then they're an awful person, right? So it's more about them than it is about you. Which it, it, it is sad, but it's just, it's real, it's real simple. And I'll just, you know, I'll just shout out the real ones in my life. Uh, whenever I told them, and Chris is one of them, my lovely wife is another. But, you know, when I told them, hey, listen, you know, this year ain't the year. Um, we're going to do something else next year. You know, Chris sent me a gift and he sent me a text on the day just like, I hope you enjoy the day. That's perfect, man can't ask for any more any less than that you acknowledged it but at the same time you didn't make this big old deal about it you know i had people literally calling me multiple times and then they were upset with it's like man why didn't you answer my call it's like because i told you i don't when i say i don't want a big deal i don't want the calls with the singing and all the other stuff you know what i mean anyways and get off yeah i totally get that and that's why i didn't make a post on facebook i didn't do that i didn't shout it out on the podcast because i was like man I know he doesn't want that. Like, he doesn't want that attention. And that's totally cool, man. Like, if you don't want that, that's, like, totally cool. Some people are different. But you got to respect what people ask for. You got to respect their boundaries. And just because it's not your cup of tea doesn't mean that you have to push and impose your will. Or that anything is wrong with the person. I think that was the biggest thing, too, was, you know, it was the assumption of, like, oh, something must be wrong with him. It's like, no, nothing's wrong with me. It's just the just the way I feel. Everybody's got their own feelings. But anyways, man, that's what fries my donuts. And uh, I'm ready to move to something more fun, man, like improv. Let's do it, man. And I'm just going to be straight out honest with you guys. We're not picking nothing out of the hat. We're not doing a randomizer. We're just doing this. We haven't rehearsed this. We know what accent we want to do, and we know the location. What location we want to do, and it's been, as Christopher put it, it's been stirring in our spirit. No, the word I used was, I said, it's been marinating in my spirit. <laughs> marinating. That's what I go. said. It's been stewing. It's been cooking for a good minute. And though, so the location first is the casino. Gotta love the casino, and it's our wonderful preacher voices. What do you think, Chris? I'm excited for this. I think it's great. I think it's going to be good. Uh, I'm ready. Are you ready? <clears throat> oh, I'm ready. Okay. I'll start. Oh, Pastor Johnson. We're here today at the Lucky Stripes Casino. And I'm feeling in my spirit <laughs> that the Lord wants to bless me today. <laughs> it says improper. <laughs> that the man may cast the dice, <laughs> but the Lord chooses where they fall. And I'm going to cast them dice, <laughs> and he's going to make it fall on a seven. <laughs> or he's going to make it fall on a eleven. Can I get an amen? Amen, brother. And I'll tell you this, in Proverbs 2, it says the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without the painful toil. And so what I'm going to tell you is when I'm at the blackjack table, I'm going to be asking the Lord to return the ace and return the ten so that I can reap my reward without the toil. Can I get an amen on that one? Let me get an amen. And I might be going over to them slot machines. And I'm feeling in my spirit 
that I'm going to get three fruits. And I'm not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. But I'm talking about those three little red cherries. And I'm going to make that ding-ding sound. And it's going to be a good day. Oh, oh, Pastor Chambers, it's been... Oh, it's been really marinating on my soul. I gotta talk about what's in numbers, and I'm not talking about the numbers on the big Kino board. I'm gonna talk about what happens in numbers. It says that the Lord is pleased with us. Oh, sweet Jesus. That he shall bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows of milk and honey. Say it again, milk and honey. And you know what else he said? He said in Matthew, for where you're... For where the treasure is, your heart will be there also. And last time I checked, my heart and the rest of my body is here today. So that means the treasure is mine. The treasure is mine, saith the Lord. And it says uh, that what the devil meant for evil, God can turn for good. And the devil might meant to give me a three. And it might give me a ten. But the Lord's going to turn that into a 21 blackjack. Can I get an amen? Amen. I tell you this much. One more thing. Just as Solomon had the wives and the concubines, what I have to tell you right now is I've been very impressed with the women that I've seen in the casino today. But you know, it's not good to toss the line of love into a pool that is sewage. But I tell you this much. I'm taking applications for wives and concubines, but Brother Darius is picky, so don't expect anything. I'm telling you, brother, I gotta get this seven, or I gotta get this eleven, because I need some money, because I might have an alimony payment. I might have a Ferrari payment. I might have an Air Force One payment, and I need the Lord to provide that and from the casino machine. <laughs> so that I can make those payments. Oh, I feel you, brother. I feel like we need to pray and pray it through right now. You ready to start? Let's go. Dear God, we come to you here today at the Lucky Stripes Casino. Lord, we come to you. We ask for favor. We ask for favor at the horse track. We ask for favor at the blackjack table. We ask for favor at the slot machines, Lord God. I pray that you would not just give us the fruit of the Spirit, but that you would give us the fruit of them little red cherries so that I can make my alipony payment this week. And Lord, just as you said you would provide a manna from heaven, you provide, even though I just took out the last $200 that this minister has, I guarantee that the Lord will multiply because he knows his humble servant has given the tithes and the offerings. So I pray the blessings of the Lord as I crisp this $200 in my hand. And we're gonna go to the highways and the byways if we have to. And we're gonna gamble at the different casinos. And we're gonna switch it up. It don't have to be the Lucky Stripes. It could be the Triple Seven down the road. It could be the Monarch Casino and Resort. It could be anywhere on the street. But I tell you this much, Lord, I guarantee, because, oh, I feel it in my bones that you're going to give us a blessing tonight. Blessings in manner. Amen. All God's people say, hey. And that was our improv segment. Hey, we're not being blasphemous. We're making fun of preachers that uh, we grew up with, man. I grew up with people that were like that. It was just like, man, your theology is way off. You're using God's name for some bad stuff. Yeah, basically they would be able to apply. The biggest part of that joke too 
especially with like the scriptures and stuff like that, is they would take these little snippets of a scripture and like apply it to something that they're doing that's just terrible. And you're sitting here going, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not what it's supposed to be. But anyways. Yeah, so we're going to move on to our last segment, which is our eclair segment. And that's our positive advice. And so, buddy, what do you got for us? When starting a change, and, you know, there's a lot of times in life where you're like, man, I need to change something. Whether that be a routine, whether it be something big like a career, whether it be housing, whatever it may be, relationships. It's easy to go all in and say, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to literally strip out all the old, go in with the new, make a complete change. It's important to remember, if you're going to change anything in your life, see what you already have set up. A lot of the times, you've already done work in some area of your life there. So the biggest thing is see what pieces you have in place and what you can, you know, nothing's wrong with that. Like take, it for example, the routine, right? Daily routines can be hard and especially to get in them and then to stay consistent. A lot of the times, you know, sometimes you'll try one. It doesn't necessarily work. You know you need to make a change. Well, the biggest thing is maybe there are some aspects of that schedule that you were saying, man, you know, that actually worked pretty well. I liked getting up at this time. I liked making breakfast for myself and doing this. And then you find the areas where it didn't quite work, and that's where you make the change. But a lot of the times our biggest, I guess, instinct is to go, well, that didn't work. Let's just trash the entire thing and start over. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to start over a lot of the times. Most of the time... If you've tried something, you've already done the work or at least accomplished a little bit of something than what you're looking for. So just just see what you already have and try to make those pieces work. Yeah, for sure, man. Mine is, uh, I know it's not Thanksgiving, but man, we got to stop and be thankful and look at our life and count our blessings and see all the things that we have. Because a lot of times we go through life and we're like, oh man, my life sucks. Or we look on social media and we're like, so-and-so has a better life than me, right? But when you stop and actually think about it, think about, man, I got food, I got a car, I got clothes, like I have more than, you know, one pair of shoes. Like think about all the stuff you have and like, you're like, I'm in good health. Uh, You know, I have family, I have friends. And when you start thinking about all that stuff, you can really see that your glass really is a lot fuller than you thought it was. And I used to always hate when I was having a bad day when people were like, well, someone else is having it worse than you. But it's like, it's really true. And I know that doesn't help all the time. But when you're thankful, you start to look at the glass as more full instead of looking at it as empty. So just remember to count your blessings and be thankful. And you realize that your life is a lot fuller than you think it is. Yeah, heck yeah. And I mean, even in those hard days, sometimes it's even good to look at personal growth um, in whatever facet. Because listen, you're a better person than you were just uh, just a few weeks ago, just a few years ago. So, you know, sometimes it's good to look back and say, man, you know what? We've we've come a good good portion of a way. And even if you regressed in some departments, definitely have learned some lessons along the way that you can relish in. But yeah, man. So let's talk about the exciting stuff. We're going to talk about the website. We're going to talk about some other things. But what else are we going to talk about, man? Oh, you want to tell them about the new thing that we just finished working on? Oh, man. So we have an animated show that we literally just got a first part done with and we want to set a date on when that's going to go live chris yeah man tell them when it's going to go live 
Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, here it is. Be looking for it on. September. Uh, should we do it on September 11th? No, that that's kind of bad. Um, <laughs> that's kind of bad. Um, September 18th. 18th. September 18th. 18th. That Monday. That Monday. So we can do it on that Monday. I'll put a countdown timer on TVTrashCan.com, our website there, and so we'll have that countdown. Let's give a preface of what it is. And for those of you who have seen the show, and Chris kind of made it and alluded to it a little earlier, John Taffer. And Bar Rescue, this isn't the same thing, but it is. It's our concept of a show in an animated form called Church Rescue. And it talks about a church that is going under in the first part of how it will get rescued. Don Churchill, watch it. It's going to be great. It's our first animated uh, video. Of course, we have the more parts coming out soon. Uh, So be looking for that. Uh, Church Rescue Part 1. September 18th, uh, look for that. And we'll drop the other two parts after that, so be looking forward to that. Man, it's going to be great. Super excited about that stuff. But yeah, tvtrashcan.com, all the socials. We appreciate you from wherever you're listening from, whatever platform, whatever method. It's great. We appreciate y'all. And man, I think we uh, think we good. I think we're ready to take this donut box out to the trash unless you got anything to add. That's it. All right, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this has been the Donut Box Podcast. Uh-huh.